Hi, friends and colleagues. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music. Today on the podcast, episode 112, my very special guest is Dr. Nicholas Perna of the Vocal Fry podcast. That's right. You're getting two podcasts in one place. How convenient. Nicholas is talking about his research in laryngeal massage, as well as some of the shenanigans that happen over on his podcast. We also have the My Music Staff Minute and a fantastic warm-up of the week right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, Dr. Nicholas Perna. How are you? Hey, everybody. I'm great. (laughs) So this is a huge treat. I'm so excited. So essentially, this is like two podcasts in one. It's a full comic book crossover event. Right? (laughs) Yes. Or at least a voice voice podcast crossover event. (laughs) Now I told I told Nicholas that he's not allowed to talk about Picard because I haven't watched the first episode and it's on my list. And if he does, conversation over. I am sworn to secrecy of all things. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Um, I oh. have <laughs> I have so many questions for you, uh, but I would love and I always like to give my podcast guests the opportunity. Uh, to give uh, give my listeners a little bit of a background. So, Nicholas, you are not only a, a voice pedagogue, but you are a researcher. You have traveled the planet presenting your work. And, of course, you are the creator and co-host of the Vocal Fry podcast. So if can you give us the J.J. Uh, Abrams version of your life story? Oh and, gosh! Well, and then it, go. So I, so I should start it really quickly and really well, and then end it very poorly. Is that what you're? <laughs> is that what you're? Is that what you're? Sorry. Um, well, I was <laughs> thinking of maybe some explosions, but yeah, you could go. Oh, that way. <laughs> okay, okay, ma- okay. All right. Uh, just JJ and is 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 great. Really great at writing the mystery box, and then not so great at ending the <laughs> the, the, the the plot. Um, I mean, yeah. So you know, I I, I came up as a singer, you know, through my schooling and whatever, and you know, thought I was fancy and then, um, started having a lot of trouble with my voice oh. and, uh, sort of told that whole story on the podcast this past fall. Um, but, uh, you know, did my, did my grad school, university of Houston, university of Miami did, did, did a few apprenticeships at Santa Fe. Um, and, but started having trouble with my voice in graduate school was able actually to get my first tenure track appointment right out of that. But during those years, I'd actually sort of transitioned more to teaching mm-hmm. anyway and found I just I, I think some of us just sort of get a knack for teaching. Like I, I, it, some of us as as teachers just just take to the rhythm of it easier. Yeah. Um, and I took to that pretty easy. Um, even though I don't think I was necessarily very good at first, <laughs> but, but, but like I, I, I took to the, at least took to the basic patterns of it pretty easily. Um, I mean, I say that and some of my earliest students are some of my most successful students, partially just because they've been out there doing it longer. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, I, I also really was drawn to research, honestly, kind of selfishly because I wanted to know what in the world was wrong with me. Wow. Um, and that was the thing that that sort of originally drew me to to research and to teaching. Was very fortunate. I won a presser 
Professor uh, Grant in, in graduate school, bought my first lab equipment. That paid for me to study with Don Miller in the Netherlands um, on, 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 and train on Voce Vista um, in, his, in Don's house for a week wow. one summer. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, um, and, and so that my stuff with Voce Vista sort of literally goes back to the source. Right. Um, and, uh, most of my original work was on voice acoustics. Anyway, had a job, was doing some good teaching, ended up being a bad situation. We, you know, but my, I'm very blessed. I have a great family, my wife, and, and, and we have two kids now. Um, my, actually my kids are like, gosh, they're getting huge. I mean, my son is 10 and my daughter's going to turn eight <laughs> next week. Oh my goodness. So we moved across the country, take another job. And actually I, I, I the thing that, that piqued my interest about my current position, um, at, at Mississippi college, which is where I have my, you know, academic post is it was tied to a position at the university of Mississippi medical center, um, basically to sort of, it, it was written really weirdly, but it looked like it, they wanted a research associate to be part of their team on, in otolaryngology, even though the basic only written agreement at that point was that my graduate students would have access to their lab equipment. But when I got here, most of the lab equipment was still in its boxes. Oh. And so I very quickly realized, oh, like we have, a, I have a chance to basically you know, work with this team and basically start a totally new agenda. So for the first time in my life, when we got here, I started working with aerodynamics and, and things beyond just acoustic measures. Um, we started doing that. Actually, when we moved here, funny enough, I had basically decided I was going to stop singing professionally. And it was actually right around the, that same time that my voice came back together and I started singing professionally again. Oh, uh, wow. that, that, that's its own sort of story. Um, but f so you know, uh, God works things very strangely in our lives sometimes, um, you know, through a lot of weird circumstances. And uh, we've been very blessed and very fortunate throughout a lot of it. Um, and and uh, mostly I just owe so much to my wife. I mean, my wife, Mandy, has been, you know, my rock standing beside me mm. through thick and thin and deep and, and terrible and awesome and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, then when we got here, um, I, I, I was tasked with not only, you know, running the second graduate pedagogy program that I had been running, but, but, um, but trying to create this thing between our chief of speech language pathology and our otolaryngologist at the hospital, the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And so now we have this collaboration in place where we can plug my graduate students if they're interested and, and if I feel they're ready, um, into our, our research and, wow. um, we presented our first major project on laryngeal manipulation last spring at Voice Foundation. And this is the research for your laryngeal manipulation. Yes. I have seen laryngeal manipulation uh, in Aaron Lowe's office in the Voice Clinic in Toronto. He works on, I was, one of my students was so kind, she let me come, which was fantastic because I just bombard him with questions while he manipulates uh, her larynx, <laughs> but um, but this is unique because we're talking about self, about about treating themselves, or or so. Clarify all of that for me. Absolutely. Um, so we we were originally our team was 
as we were trying to develop a research agenda, we had thought about looking at something along the lines of muscle tension dysphonia, looking, you know, sure. just like, you know, we, we had, they, they, at that point, they had a huge clinic population of, of, um, sort of adolescent voices that were presenting with that. Wow. Um, uh, not uncommon mm-hmm. t- to be honest. Um, anyway, it, it's difficult to research muscle tension dysphonia because it almost always has a psychological element to part of the diagnosis. Right. And I, I was not interested in going down that road. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the treatments that is, is out there for MTD, as we abbreviate it, is, is laryngeal manipulation therapy or circumlaryngeal massage. There's a lot of different names for similar things in the literature. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's sort of how we got there. And as I was looking through the lit um, and looking at work people have done, almost all of it is either has been previously done as a therapy mm-hmm. or you know by a therapist in a clinic, that's and right. most of the time on disordered voices. Ooh. And our idea basically was, well, if it's working on a disordered voice hmm. to increase their airflow, to decrease their subglottal pressure, but at the same time, you know, giving us the kind of thing, you, basically it, it's helping their efficiency in a disordered voice. It's mm-hmm. making them less tense. It's, it's making, you know, their production easier. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it make sense if in a healthy voice, if we could develop a way to, have a healthy singer habilitate themselves rather than rehabilitate themselves just to keep their voice healthy, mm-hmm. it would be good to test that to see if this is a path going down. Mm-hmm. And we visited Vanderbilt um, where in, in the States, the two places that I'm most familiar with it in the U.S. are the team up in Wisconsin in Madison and then the team at Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. And, um, at Vanderbilt, so I, I had actually done a conference where Tom Cleveland and I had been the co co-presenters at a, at a conference down here at the university of Southern Mississippi. And we met and I was telling Tom about this and, um, Dr. Cleveland was like, well, you need to come up to Vanderbilt. <laughs> so summer, I don't know, summer 16, summer 17, something like that. Um, I went up to Vanderbilt and got to observe an entire day of their physical therapists doing sessions on patients. And I sort of talked with them about the homework that they would assign to their patients sessions. Sure. And it was very similar to a handout that my, our chief of speech language pathology at the hospital. And I just want to give her a shout out, Josie Alston, Mm Um, and my, my team, I should, I should name them all. Our, our otolaryngologist is Dr. John Schweinfurth. Um, and John and Josie are awesome. And, and there are, there are team here at the med center. Um, it, it, the, the exercises were similar to a sheet that Josie was already handing out to patients. Um, we didn't have anybody at the medical center who was practicing, um, that specific kind of, of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we learned a lot from our, our sort of just, you know, just even the day that I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we, we developed a set of exercises sort of in combination, just considering um, 
the order of things that we would have someone do to themselves with this kind of thing. And, and basically what we do is we, d- we developed a video mm-hmm. that in order to keep our testing protocol consistent, the only instruction we ever give during the testing is the video. Oh, I and see. so, so we don't give them any other information. We don't give them, it, it's just, so that we could, because one of the problems with a lot of the research that's been done on um, anything involving laryngeal manipulation or laryngeal massage, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. one of the problems has been that when you're talking about a therapist intervention, the therapist just wants to make the patient better. That's right. their job. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to treat the patient in whatever way, like if they need to spend more time in their thyrohyoid space, Mm. they're going to spend more time there. If they need to spend more time with their jaw working on the masseter, they're going to spend more time there. Like they're just, they're going to intervene in what, as we would as voice teachers, you know, Mm -hmm. if we, if we feel like somebody needs work on their breath, we're going to work on their breath and and maybe let their resonance go for a a second or, you know, whatever. (laughs) So we developed this set of exercises and this set of videos, but really what we wanted to know, our first project out, was will this work as part of a warm-up routine to Mm. get better, to get singers better prepared for optimal performance? Mm, Interesting. And uh, in our first study that we presented at Voice Foundation last spring, um, thanks to our statistics being very awesomely run by my dear friend Josh Glasner, um, who is awesome, and currently doing our Picard PhD segments with us on the podcast, but is also an awesome up-and-coming voice researcher. Anyway, um, we we found in the first study that our subjects, while our subjects did not demonstrate what the disordered voices did in terms of um, having this greater uh, sense of airflow and lower subglottal pressure and what have you, they actually had pretty pretty baseline measures the days uh, for all of our days of study in terms of that kind of stuff. Except what's interesting is the day that they did laryngeal manipulation and vocalized, because we did days where they vocalized, we did days where they just did, where they just did their you know self laryngeal massage video. We did, and we did a day where they did a combo day. Mm. On the combo day, they had a statistically significant increase in sound pressure level. So they mm. got they, they they essentially were louder. I mean, for lack of a better way to put it, they were louder, but they didn't have increased subglottal pressure or weird airflow readings along with that. They basically stayed con- didn't have a, a change, and so we said, well we need to retest this now. Mm-hmm. And so we're in the middle of retesting it. Um, and I got another subject lined up this coming week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're hope well, we know not hoping we will present that and show a revised version of the video. We're going to make a new copy of the video cause it was kind of clunky. We're going to make a new copy of the video that will show at Nats national and anybody who attends the session will get, a printed out handout of the order of the exercises. Um, and eventually what I want to do next, just so I can speak it into the universe (laughs) elsewhere (laughs) is, um, I want to see how it will affect cool down. Um, it's a little bit more difficult to test because, 
like optimally it would be testing it after a performance but as you know as a performer <laughs> what do you want to do after a performance well you want to go greet your public you don't want to go make a bunch of pa 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 noises into this weird mask in some <laughs> weird guy's office and and rub your neck for 10 minutes i mean that's not really what you're looking to do after a performance um you know Anyway. Oh, I love it. Well, or you know, maybe you could entice them with a glass of wine after their massage. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that would not get IRB approval. Oh, darn that IRB! <laughs> this is why Nikki is not in research. I would, I would ruin your numbers and. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, yeah, you can't uh, you can't promise them anything, uh, and, and you have to prove where you got the funding for the wine. So. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. And now for the My Music Staff Minute. Hey everyone, Erin here with your My Music Staff Minute, and I'm here to talk to you about some things you can do to manage your tasks and balance your workload when you're feeling overwhelmed. Check in daily. Every morning, try to prioritize your tasks in order of how much time it will take to complete with the shortest tasks first. Then get started. By crossing that first and easy task off your list, it's easy to get motivated to power through the rest. Evaluate your environment. For many private studio owners, admin work gets done at home. Sitting on your couch in pajamas may be the most comfortable way to get things done, but doesn't always lend itself to motivation and productivity. When you need to focus on work, Go to a space specifically designed for working, whether that be a room in your house or studio, or even just a local coffee shop. Don't take on everything. It's okay to delegate to others who have the available time and knowledge to support you. Don't be afraid to ask for help if you need to lift some things off your plate. Dividing small admin tasks up among your teachers is a great way to alleviate some of your work while building trust with your team. You may also consider bringing an older student in as a volunteer to assist around the studio. Using a studio management software like My Music Staff will not only help with keeping you organized, but also staying ahead of the game on managing your students, scheduling, billing, and invoicing in one central platform. Start your 30-day free trial of My Music Staff today at mymusicstaff.com. And stay tuned for next week's tips and tricks on the My Music Staff Minute, exclusively on the Full Voice Podcast. Now... For someone that is maybe um, not familiar with uh, laryngeal manipulation, can you just give an overview of, of what what we're working on, maybe the muscles or how it starts? Not, yeah. but, but first, I want to clarify that this is a podcast that is not medically <laughs> giving any advice whatsoever. What other disclaimers can I put out there, Nicholas? Well, actually, the disclaimer that we always give when we present is that our recommendation is that voice teachers never touch their students. Thank you. That is that is actually our policy. Okay. Um, and and so again, that's one of the reasons that we're looking at a singer doing this to themselves. Mm. Um, because if so, if you know, if, and, and we also only test on those over eighteen. And if, sure. if if a legal adult wants to take their hand and rub their face in their neck, that's their own business as far as any of us are concerned. So so here's the basics. So so we have them. Um, they will take their thumb and sort of put pressure in into their 
we'll do an, an area on the masseter and we'll mm -hmm. do the jaw. We'll do the jaw line. Mm -hmm. We'll take their thumb and sort of go up into the tongue root behind the chin. Okay. Um, and we actually have timings on the video. Like we'll okay. give them an instruction to start and an instruction to stop. Um, eventually we work their way to the larynx itself with their sort of index finger and their thumb. And we'll have them both just stretch the fascia, mm. like sort of take their skin and elongate it out um, up and down with two mm. hands. Um, and uh, and eventually they'll, they'll get their fingers in sort of to the larynx. I actually, we actually have one where they are essentially inst instructed to feel out where their where their hyoid bone is and where their thyroid notch is mm. and sort of gently go in the opposite direction Ooh. with their. Uh, that, that's a sort of uh, uh, an interesting one. Um, and then eventually leading toward getting in the thyrohyoid space. So like the space, mm. like if you can feel the little bone above your thyroid notch and then your thyroid notch, you can actually get your fingers sort of in between your hyoid bone and your thyroid notch uh, and, and actually sort of trying to essentially elongate the thyrohyoid space a little bit. Wow. Um, okay, so I, I mean, know people can't see this. This is a podcast, but... <laughs> Nicholas is is Nicholas is manipulating his his larynx. I'm I'm poking around mine. <laughs> well, and, look. Here's and what I would suggest. This if, is if you've never done this before. Right. If you've never done this before, yep. just try something as simple as this. Just attempt to take your larynx and lightly palpate it side to side. Your whole larynx. Mm -hmm. And and okay. just that. The interesting thing is. Mine what makes a clicking that, noise. Is that normal? Okay, so that's probably some just the synovial joints just kind of clicking a little bit, almost like your knuckles. Oh, okay. Um, but, um, you know, the interesting thing is we as singers, there, there's a whole school of thought that people should not touch their instrument. Mm. Like that, that is a big propagated school of thought. And it's one of the things we talk about when we present on this is that um, – that idea that has permeated voice culture. And we, we actually try to draw a little bit of a line. Dr. Cleveland um, was the one who gave me this idea, but he presented me with the idea that he felt like most of that went back somehow to a voice teacher in the mid 20th century uh, named Douglas Stanley, mm -hmm. um, who had his own book out there. Douglas Stanley is actually who Cornelius Reed said ruined his voice. Oh, um, and uh, he was sort of a notorious figure because if you actually look at the book, he actually has some like pictures. Um, Jonathan Yarrington, who's a buddy of mine down at University of Southern Mississippi, did his dissertation on Stanley. Mm. And uh, he has some pictures of like like his tongue depressor it looks like a medieval torture device. Mm. Uh, and, but, but anyway, he manipulated his students larynxes and apparently was pretty aggressive in his practices. Oh, dear. And and it seems as if that's where the bad rap might have traced back to. Okay. Um, but think about it this way, just at a very basic level. No professional runner would be afraid from mas of massaging their own calves. Okay. Okay. Thank you for saying that because I, I just – I was on the treadmill and my, my leg was sore and I got off the treadmill and I started quite aggressively pushing into my leg. So I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, well, yeah, I wouldn't think to not do that. There's also an interesting connection that happens um, and I – 
I can't speak to any of the brain learning stuff about this because it's mm. not my area of expertise. But there's an interesting connection too that just happens by the actual physical touch of realizing that your larynx, your instrument as mm. a singer, is not this foreign body floating around out in the mm. ether. That it is in fact where it is, mm-hmm. and and that the tissues down here are a little bit more rigorous maybe than we think they are. I mean, sure. there's a lot of muscular there. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there are some cartilages and yes, your hyoid bone is there. Um, and you know, so we obviously are not encouraging massive, massive amounts of pressure <laughs> or strangulation. Or anything of course. Here. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting thing uh, uh, that that we've gotten to this place in our culture of a voice teaching where that was a bad thing. And I guess we're trying to convince us to reconsider that because mm-hmm. I don't want to quote misquote anyone. So I'm not going to name anyone. But um, one of the physical therapists, that's all I'll say, <laughs> it, uh, that when we were at Vanderbilt, Um, you know, and I was describing this to them, basically their response was, if you can convince singing teachers to do this, our patient population will go down dramatically. Wow. So, and the thing is, most of the therapists that I know that do this kind of intervention practically all agree with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and so we're not to the point yet with our work that we're ready to say, Yes, this makes a difference. Right. But I'm saying that as a researcher and a scientist who hasn't seen enough statistical evidence to say, yes, without a shadow of a doubt, this is happening. But that's also not really how science works. (laughs) Science really kind of disproves things. It doesn't really prove things. Mm. Um, And... So, so I just, I would just encourage you if you've never tried it before, just don't start having your students do it until you've played with it yourself. But thank just you, help. thank you for saying oh, that. No, yeah, please, of course. Remember, listen. If I could just say this to your listeners, I'm not a medical provider, nor mm-hmm. am I a therapist, mm-hmm. nor am I really a scientist. I'm a voice teacher. Right. I mean, I know I have some friends who get offended when I say things like I'm just a voice teacher, but really, when it comes down <laughs> to it. I'm a tenor and I'm a voice teacher. Mm. And those two things I really am qualified at. And, uh, and sometimes I play a podcaster on TV. Um, <laughs> those are basic. That's basically what I would say. I love it. I love it. Now I have a question again. I'm certainly not an expert in any of this, but is this, could this be compared to, in your opinion, um, the active release therapies that a lot of chiropractors and physiotherapists are are using in their clinics. I wish I could speak to it more. I, I really don't have much experience with that. The only thing I will say um, is that there was a article that had sort of circulated in England about um, the British Performing Arts and Medicine um organization had basically issued a warning that included a warning about laryngeal manipulation, but it was specifically in regards to chiropractic. And it was basically about, it was basically about any therapy that involved the neck. And it came out in response to the fact that a chiropractor had performed a drop maneuver 
on an 81-year-old male and mistakenly broke his neck. And the guy died the next day. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's just one of those exam- freak and examples. And then they <laughs> took it and then they took it to all of a sudden nobody should be doing anything to the neck. You know, that's how these things go. Mm-hmm. And and rightfully so cuz we're all trying to protect people. Of course. I mean, y- y- you know, obviously safety is first and foremost in all of our minds, but I wish I could speak to it more. I I really can't. Oh, that's quite all right. Now, um I I would love one of your other areas of interest which piqued my interest was you're very interested in range extension for the male voices so i want to i want to i want to go into our warm-up of the week and now the warm-up of the week i i'm very interested in how you do this and i know you talked about it on the podcast a little bit, but this is a joint effort, so you have to share it again. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so the exercise that I was talking about, essentially, I'm a big fan of um, getting my guys to um, understand how to produce, essentially, their practically their entire range in, um, and I shouldn't say guys, sorry, I'm so getting used to everything in life and I've continued to fail every day. My tenors and baritones and basses, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I'm trying, I, I like them to be able to produce practically every note in their range. And this is not scientifically accurate. Let's think with our singer brains here for a minute, not mm-hmm. forget science, okay. um, in falsetto and in chest voice. Okay. Because the I the I so the idea of the exercise is that you could take a falsetto tone as low as possible mm-hmm. and I even encourage them to and when I say falsetto I hate words. Words are terrible. Words are the end of us, but they're also all we've got. <laughs> and I don't even I, I I would prefer in the falsetto part of this that the that the tone is breathy compared to high larynx and clear. And oh. I, I encourage them to come from above and do just a to as low as they can on whatever pitch pattern you wanted. Sure. And we'll do a few of those. I usually take it over the uh, forgive my voice today with the with the with the cold I've got. Um and we'll do it over we usually do it over a 12th. Um oh, and okay. I I I'll, 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 I'll yeah, so well above the octave. Mm-hmm. And we'll do that uh and 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 the the goal is that field that clunk of switching, mm. you know, as we come down. Normal, a lot of times, you're young, you know, you're especially your sort of uncoordinated voices. It'll be like, ooh, ooh yes. you know, that kind of thing. Yes. And, and, and so, so the first part of the exercise is actually to just, ooh, oh, even so, so interesting. That, that's the first part. So okay. then, as sort of a isometric kind of idea. I take it to just a quick moving. Um, you could do a three note scale. I usually do a one three five three one. Just a fairly, but I actually want this 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 part to be kind of really stable and sturdy. I actually usually call it anchoring. Um, I really mean anchoring the larynx. Mm-hmm. But um, and we'll just take it to like a ah oh something like that. Okay. Something that's really sturdy and in practically 
all of your, particularly your baritone, your bass baritone, your bass voices, once you're down low enough, when you're at those low pitches, even with your sort of adolescent male voices that have just mm -hmm. maybe gone through a change or something, they can usually keep the larynx pretty sturdy down pretty low. Mm -hmm. I don't take that, as I go up with that, the second part of that, I don't go up sort of above what would be like a primo passaggio area, if you okay. use that terminology. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like I, like with your lower, you do your baritones, your basses, I wouldn't take it above much an A or a B. With okay. my tenors, I don't take it above a D. Um, okay. Then the third part is we do, we go back to the ooh, that business. Mm -hmm. And then we sing that whole 12th arpeggio, usually tonic dominant, mm -hmm. in a full toned ah, but with the instruction of keeping sort of the, the stability that they felt in the anchoring exercise, mm -hmm. but with the hootiness and the hollowness of the head that they felt in the, in the falsetto part of the exercise. Oh, essentially. So essentially, really, I'm trying to deload the chords in the first mm. exercise. In the second exercise, I'm trying to stabilize the larynx. And then I'm trying to put deloaded chords with a stabilized larynx, and all of a sudden you actually have dynamic registration. Is essentially, wow. I mean, it, but it's really. Listen, I got parts of this sort of the, the 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 I got the idea from this from in my voice rebuild from my teacher, mm -hmm. um, and uh, my current teacher, and I think it's hard. I, I, not this exact process, but. I just I want to give credit where credit is due. I sort of got the idea of taking falsetto over that from him, and and then and, and when I do the when I do the full exercise, um, so when we go down, ooh, I'm gonna move my mic away just a little bit. The goal when we go to the ah is that nothing changes. The shape of the ah is the same on the bottom and on the top. Mm. Now, if you're talking about a tenor going to a high C, the shape will change. Right. Okay, fine. It's a high C. I mean, okay, all right, fine. But, but, but here's the thing. The even better part about that instruction is that actually lines up with like every bit of Ken Bozeman's idea of passive vowel modification, that if you just keep the vocal tract stable, which is sort of a a lie. It doesn't ever really not change. Mm -hmm. But the instruction to the singer, it's one shape um, from the bottom to the top. You don't have to change. Um, that was actually what my teacher was saying to me. And then when I, it was actually around the same time that I first got to know Ken, and he was tell telling me the same thing just in conceptually. And I was like, now wait a minute. And it, uh, it, it all of a sudden made sense. So anyway, I actually think it's very hard to sort of fully trace the lineage of exercises because, I mean, <laughs> let's face it, I mean, voice teachers have been doing some of these exercises for hundreds of years. Yep. And so, it, I mean, it's like straws. I mean, now we all point to Dr. Tiza and the straw video that's on YouTube, except voice teachers have been using straws for decades. Mm. I mean, mm. you, you know, it's very difficult to, re like, for example, who in the world was the first person that really ever did a mesa di voce? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, actually, to actually, to we could maybe trace its first place in a treatise, but is that even the place? Is that even the person who invented it? I, I mean, that's, you, you know who? Do, we'll have to ask. Uh, we'll have to ask Justin Peterson about that. He he's sure sure. He's, he would sure probably he have a good a good uh, background for that. 
Right. Yeah, of course. Of course. So anyway, th- that's the basis of the exercise. I love it. Now, do you, um, when you're doing that exercise, do you, do you play with different vowel sounds? Are you looking for a specific vowel sound and ah. then you stay on the same vowel? Great question. Um, so in the, in the, in the first part of it, I almost always use ooh. Okay. And that's just um, so you can get the hoot, that forward. Cor- okay. Cor- cor- correct. Okay. Um, and in the, in the, in the second one, I almost always, I definitely want to use ah, mm. because it t- tends to be the problem, but mm. also down low, it can be a nice, easy first noise to make. I see. And okay. I, I also like to make sure that I bring E into that mix because mm. honestly, most of my teaching st- um, actually starts with E and O. Okay. Um, I, I like to start in general with low first vocal tract resonance vowels, E and O, mm-hmm. because if we can find an actual E and an actual O, it gives us a true vowel with a fronted tongue and a real vowel with round lips. And mm. if we can find those two, if we can find those two, you basically can find every other vowel except for ah, which still takes work. But um, uh, ah is always the problem vowel, always. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, yes. Um, but but I also almost always use ah with the third part of the exercise mm. because if I can find a good ah shape down low. Mm. Once, once the larynx is set up for dynamic registration, mm-hmm. if, if my students know what a good ah shape is, taking the same shape up and down, once the larynx is essentially prepared to phonate well and basically to be stable, it's easy to sing high. Ah, I mean, well, it. actually, I should, I should actually say it's easy to sing throughout the whole range mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. basically dynamic registration. And then you're talking about passive vowel migration or passive vowel modification or whatever you want to call it. I mean, that's Ken's term. Um, uh, you know, you end up getting your, you know, whether you want to call it turning the voice or you want to call it whatever terminology you'd like sure. to use. But once the larynx is prepped, uh, and and this is also true, I mean, in treble voices. I love it. Well, now I I wanted to know, um, Vocal Fry podcast. So first of all, I want to know why you called it that. Just this is oh my, just my own personal question. All right. Well, first of all, Vocal Fry is is both the science deep dive I think of Nat's cast and uh, <laughs> and also the comic relief of Nat's cast. Um, <laughs> Uh, we, you know, we, we were really the podcast that never should have made it. I mean, I mean, well, we came about, I mean, the basic idea, I mean, my grad students, Sarah and Michael, Sarah's now my co-owner and co-host and, and our dear friend, Michael, um, who's another one of my former graduate students. Actually, Michael did his undergrad with me as well. Um, but, uh, you know, we were, we were gonna, they were gonna be my lab assistants and, Mm -hmm. uh, and we all had very similar loves. We loved Star Wars. We loved <laughs> Doctor Who. And Doctor Who doesn't have that huge a following. Um, but we, we all loved Doctor Who. We all loved Star Wars. We all loved the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
Um, and so we would be in there talking about how we were going to set up our laryngeal manipulation business, or we would be talking about acoustics or, or, or what have you. And inevitably we would just throw in these references to blah, blah, blah. Well, the doctor would say, blah, 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 you know? <laughs> and, and, and so that's how we, that's how we just, you know, got the idea. And one day I basically said to them about March of 2017, I was like, you know, guys, we're going to I think we're going to record our conversations so that we can remember what we talked about for our research. And Sarah was very skeptical. She was like, <laughs> and my wife was super skeptical. Oh, no. <laughs> and um, and uh, Michael was like, OK. And Michael sent us uh, as a goof one night the theme song that is actually our theme song. <laughs> And uh, that he is just this made. the one with the crackling, the the cooking. Okay, so no, I okay. actually added the bacon later, and he but he did all the voiceover of all the the singing, and uh, and then actually my wife is the voice who reads our our actual bumpers. Oh, that's um, my but, husband reads all of our stuff too. See, what would we go. do awesome. without our? Exactly. Well, it was really goofy when we made our sort of changeover from being affiliated with the school to just being Vocal Fry and Sarah and I having our own LLC. We actually went back and re-recorded the 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 voiceover and and added all these other. We always say uh, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture coming to you from. And now we say a whole bunch of different things. So one of them is Waste Disposal Center 3 on the original Death Star. <laughs> one is one is your semi-occluded vocal tract, Have You Practiced Today? Ooh. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, but yeah, so we started. And um, the reason it's vocal fry mm. is because originally uh, we always recorded on Fridays. Oh. We released... We released on Fridays. Oh. Our uh, our logo is bacon. I there is bacon frying in the pan <laughs> on the theme song. We used to eat a lot of bacon while we recorded the podcast. Oh wow! And the my obvious... husband would be very happy to work on your team. <laughs> Don't uh, I'm not telling actually... him that. Don't listen to that husband. <laughs> So anyway, that's, I mean, and then vocal fry, obviously the overtones too, you know, we're yeah. very, um, positive in terms of like, uh, using vocal fry as a technique to, to attain glottal closure. Soft ah, vocal yes, fry. yes, yes. Not, not like speaking in vocal fry habitually, like a lot of the Kardashians, <laughs> but using vocal fry as a technique, um, is, is well documented in literature this, at this point. Um, and, uh, it, it's a technique that I use, particularly with my treble voices, just to attain attain full chord closure. So anyway, mm, I use, uh, and I think I stole this from Michelle Marquardt Devoe. I use vocal fry for my treble voices that are reluctant to get into a chest register. I'll use that. Uh, me, me too. Absolutely. You know, and it and yep. it's there's it's very effective. It works uh, almost our, immediately. <laughs> It does. Our dear friend Michelle. Yeah. She's gonna she, be on Vocal Fry. She's gonna be on Vocal Fry sometime in March. She, she and Kristen 
She and Kristen together. Oh, lovely. Well, she also has requested that when we are in Knoxville in June, we're all going to get together and do some <laughs> podcast shenanigans. And then there was some yeah. very suggestive yeah. gifts yeah. posted in that thread. Oh, so, oh, um, and then friend Shannon came in. Shannon Coates wants in on party. it too. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Nicholas, I'm. I thank you for your time. I, it's it's so nice to to kind of get a, a kind of a glimpse of of the of the work in in research and vocal research, and and I'm I'm excited to learn more about um, your your presentation um, now. For those you listening, um, you are presenting. What day are you presenting at the Knoxville Convention? Sunday, June, I guess that's the 28th, yes. right? Seven. Yeah, yes. Okay. So Sunday, June 28th. At, at seven. We're one of the coffee conversations um, at 7.45 in the morning. 7.30 oh, wow. in the morning. Whatever. Well, you yeah. know what? People will need to, to manipulate their laryn- <laughs> laryngeal muscles at 7.45 in the morning. But that's You've hilarious. You've been to national before, right? You've been to national. I have. Yeah. Well, I was just sharing this on a recent episode of ours. For for all of you who do come to national, please know that at some point you're going to just need to take a break. <laughs> there is nothing quite as exhausting as Nats National. It is the most wonderful five days you could ever invest in. Yes. And also, at some point, you're just going to need to retreat to your room and take a nap. <laughs> and it's okay. No one is judging you. <laughs> well, or they could come to the full voice booth and just hang out. We Bring me a coffee. There you go. Please. There you go. Yes. I, well, Nicholas, thank you so much. So for my listeners, you got to check out uh, Vocal Fry Podcast. Uh, it's it's voice science and pop culture. And I just, people can't see this, but Nicholas is wearing a Han Solo shirt. Yes, <laughs> which, which I have is, my, my wife has the I love you. I have the I know. Oh, no way. Yeah, it's uh, it's the... Oh, okay. That's seriously, yeah, Mandy nerdy has, Mandy and has romantic at the Leia. same time. Nicholas, thank you. This has been so much fun. I'm going Thanks to put for having me. Oh, my pleasure. This is I've had you on my my people. I want to talk on my podcast list for a long time. I'm so glad that this happened. And again, um, uh, the Full Voice Podcast and the Vocal Fry Podcast. We are now part of Nat's Cast. Which is, which is the network f- through the National Association of Teachers of Singing, which I think is pretty cool. And, um, yeah, it's nice that uh, that uh, we could finally connect and talk and share our passion. Um, now, I'm, I'm going to put a link to all of your information on our podcast page. And I do want to, I do want to congratulate you. Your, um, Nicholas com is a fantastic website. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. I, I, uh, you know, well, I'm not naming any names, but sometimes, you know, the academic websites are a little dull. Yours is nice and I colorful mean, and 
Well done. Squarespace is easy to use. I love Squarespace. And if Squarespace would like to sponsor the Full Voice podcast or the Vocal Fry podcast, <laughs> you can contact me through my website. Well, you know that fullvoice.com is a Squarespace website. So there, there you, you go. go. So that would there be very helpful. Um, so I'm going to put all your contact on there, uh, uh, contact information, your website, um, and I'm also going to put the Vocal Fry information on there. And of course, you can listen to the vocal awesome. fry podcast on all your favorite podcast platform well, and uh, we'll have you back you are you are you, you're you are you guys are like super duper professional like every time <laughs> i hear you guys your production quality is great you're such a great interviewer Aww, and um your show provides excellent excellent resources to its community um you know it was hilarious if i, I just one last thing for for me to say to your 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 your, your folks sure. is that when nikki contacted me i got this like beautiful web form of information <laughs> to like provide i get nothing from my guests oh. on purpose actually, okay no it's, it's actually well because see my one of my sort of podcast people that I sort of have always looked up to in the business has always been the Nerdist podcast or what's now ID10T and Hardwick one of the pieces of advice he gives out is never find anything out about your guests <laughs> um, okay but if I so, didn't find things out I would be like I would ask horrible questions well and sometimes I ask horrible questions <laughs> Uh, like when I asked Warren Jones if he was going back to Music Academy of the West, and he goes, "No, I retired from that position last year." <laughs> no, see, I would, Fantastic. I would do something like that myself. Well, <laughs> Nicholas, this has been so much fun, and I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to connect with you when uh, I see you in a few months in uh, Knoxville, yeah. Tennessee. Um, but, uh, thank you. Thank you for your time and for your passion in all things singing. And of course, nerdy pop culture. Love it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. What fun. A very special thank you to Nicholas Perna. Please, please check the show notes. And if you haven't already, check out Vocal Fry Podcast, part of Nat's Cast Podcast Network. If you are considering going to the 2020 Knoxville Convention, the early bird registration is now open and it is open until April 1st. Don't want to miss this amazing opportunity. As always, please take a moment, leave a rating and a review. Visit our website for fantastic freebies and amazing resources. And I'm wishing you inspired teaching and happy singing. Made my canoe music. Canoe music.ca